I'm Katie McKinley, and you are listening to I Can Make That, Conversations with Creatives. I have been existing in a world of art, sewing, and other various forms of creativity my entire life. Along my crafty journey, I've collected quite the group of talented characters that I get to call my friends. Instead of keeping their wisdom and wit all to myself, I'm using this podcast to bring them to you. Behind every piece of art is a human being who went through a range of successes and failures in making and in life, and I'm here to share their stories. Welcome back to I Can Make That, Conversations with Creatives. I am so super duper excited to be back. Seriously, after three years of being MIA from this podcast, yet constantly talking about wanting to reboot it, it is happening. After what seems like the longest break ever, I'm back in action and ready to introduce you to some incredibly talented and creative people. The only person I really wanted for my first guest during this reboot happens to also be the first guest I had during the original launch back in 2019. When I listen back on our episode together, it seriously warms my heart because I have realized how much our friendship has grown in such a short period of time. We went from talking about fangirling each other back then to being actual biffies, texting and supporting each other with family and personal things. And this fall, I can happily say that we finally got to meet in real life and give each other hugs. It was the best thing ever. Of course, I'm talking about the powerhouse that is Aronica Cole. I'm not sure I've ever met someone who could fit more into one single day than this woman. First and foremost, she's a strong Black woman with an amazing grasp on parenting, marriage, social issues, and knowing your self-worth. She's also the driving force behind multiple online networks. The overarching name she works under is her own, Aronica B. Cole, or AronicaBCole.com. But she also has branches in The Needle and the Bell and Harmony and Trace Apothecary, as well as being a designer for Nomi Patterns and Made for Mermaids. I'm stoked to play catch up with her today and talk about the last three years of her career. Welcome back to I Can Make That, Veronica. Um, oh my gosh, Katie, I cannot believe that you're about to have me crying like two minutes into the episode. Um, I definitely am over here wiping the tears away because... Uh, I don't know if I could have said the same thing about you any better because I feel the exact same way, um, even just being associated with you. Because, of course, I mean, as we showed on the first episode, I have been fangirling you forever. And you are actually one of my biggest inspirations in selling and one of the reasons why I'm where I am today. So I'm so excited to be here. Oh, my gosh. I feel like you just gave me an intro. <laughs> Thank <Right>. you. <laughs> Well, for anyone who didn't listen to your first episode, let's go ahead and fill them in with a little background about you. How did you end up here? What got you started with sewing and creating? And what brought you into the self-employed life? Yeah. Um, how did I end up here? Huh. So it's so funny because I actually started sewing when I was 13 and I hated it. Um, I thought it was, um, I just thought it was like not interesting. I made some drawstring bag and I was like, this is not it. And I just could not understand the tissue pattern instructions, right? Because 
they were written by people who expect you to have gone to school for sewing. They were not really written for the home sewist who is teaching themselves how to sew as they go. And so I was really discouraged with sewing until I actually found Patterns for Pirates, and namely Pegs, where you were the cover girl. And I was like, oh, I think I can do this. You know, that was one of, I, ca I can't even count how many pairs of pegs that I messed up before I finally got it. You know, because you don't know the difference between two-way and four-way stretch unless, unless you make a lot of mistakes or unless someone sits you down and says, hey, here's the difference. But I actually came back to sewing kind of because a girlfriend of mine was like, hey, I really would like to have some, um, some Ankara wax pants for my baby. And I would much rather give you the money as opposed to paying someone else. She was like, so can you do that? And I was like, of course. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no, I, I didn't even know what they were. Like, I didn't know what harem pants were. And I was like, okay, I mean, I can totally do this. So I made my own patterns for it. And I began to sell them on Etsy. And I was like, this is cool. But then I really got burned out. Because one thing about me is I'm not going to make the same pattern over and over and over and over and over again. There's like a limit to how many times I can make a pattern. And I got burned out from that. But I fell in love with being able to sew for my body. After I'd had my second child, I just, I like, I just could not bounce back. Even though I don't believe in the, the snapback culture, I just couldn't get my body back to where I could fit into my old clothes. And so instead of really trying to, um, to, to focus on that, I decided to figure out what I wanted my style to be and, and kind of how to sew for my body. And then, of course, in addition to that, at that point in time, I was actually working in corporate America. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I want to go back. I'd had my second child. She was eight months old. And um, she kept having these recurring ear infections. And they had prescribed me an antibiotic for her that was $275. And I was like, okay, so if I give this to my kid, will we lay down with the ear infection? They were like, probably not. And she's probably going to have to come in to get tubes into her ears. And I was like, no, there's got to be another way. Now, I've been a blogger for since about 2006. And I was like, I think I'm just I think I'm just going to leave corporate America. And I think I'm just going to go off on my own because I can I can do this by myself. So I did. I found a doctor who was a chiropractor and doctor of homeopathy. And together we healed my daughter of ear infections. And so when I walked out, I walked out of corporate America because I knew I could make it on my own. I had one of my Spelman sisters. I went to Spelman College say to me, if you could work that hard for people that you don't even like, imagine what you could do for yourself and you really like you. And so with that thought, I was like, well, I can do it. Along the lines of, oh, well, I can make that. It was like, I can make this happen for my family. And so I did. I was like, forget it, I'm out. And that's how I've been ever since. <laughs> well, it's it's a, it's a joy to follow and watch everything that you do. And you can tell that you have a lot of passion behind all of it. You've got a multitude of things happening at all times. It's so fun to watch you grow and excel in all these different ways. But let's go ahead and list out all the branches of businesses that you run and all of the skills that you bring to the table. Yeah, um, sure. So I am a blogger. I am one of the people who there's not very many of us who start out as bloggers and continue to blog, but I'm a blogger and influencer in the sustainability and mommy space, as well as, of course, the sewing spaces as well. So under Aronica B. Cole, I have an award-winning blog uh, where I talk about essentially like life as a Black mom who is really trying to like save the world one, one sustainable moment at a time. 
And then, of course, uh, The Needle on the Bell is a blog that's dedicated to plus size bodies. You know, it's a safe space for plus size fat bodies to find really cute clothes and how to do different adjustments and patterns that are size inclusive and that sort of thing. And then I am also a, uh, a business coach for creative business owners where I actually coach and I teach business owners how to make more money through systems and strategies so that they can really take advantage of the reasons why they decided to no longer work in corporate America or why they decided to go into business, right? Because it's not so that we could be working every single second of every single day, right? Hustle culture is not the only way to uh, make money. And I don't believe in hustle culture. So therefore I coach my clients on how to be successful in business while having a life and really uh, focusing on the energy that you have available in order to make that happen. And then of course, I'm also a pattern designer. Last year, I became a pattern designer with Nomi Patterns, which is the the fifth pattern company within the largest pattern company of, in, the, in I guess, in the United States, which is the Design Group of America. And it started by Mimi G, who is um, an inspiration to many people. And then of course, I have just started designing for Made for Mermaids, which I am incredibly excited about. I'm like, what else is there? Is there anything else that I do? <laughs> I also, of course, am a speaker, a writer. I wrote my first book a couple of years ago that I still need to edit and finish and publish. Yeah. And then when I'm not working, of course, I'm momming three children, which I do kind of feel like is like part of this business because, you know, they're in it with us because we started a an e-commerce store called Harmony Trace Apothecary where we sell products that help people who are wanting to live a softer life do that, you know? So we do a lot of sustainable and eco-friendly like bath bombs, you know, silk products that are really good for your skin that are also sustainably sourced, uh, that sort of stuff. So besides parenting, because you know that you're going to answer parenting with this, let's get that one out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) What's your favorite of all the different hats you wear? What's the thing that you like the most of all these different job roles that you carry? I love that I get to help and inspire people. You know, I think that many of us, we have dreams, we have goals, but sometimes it's hard to find someone who is doing something similar to us while lighting, right? Like a lot of times you'll see that people only share their highlight reels on social media Whereas I decide to share everything, right? Like I share the pictures of my kids crying. I share videos of me crying. I share the successes. I share the failures. I share the lessons. I share it all. And I do that with the intention of letting someone else know who's struggling, that they aren't alone, right? Like we can always struggle and they continue to thrive, you know, and we can always decide to take a break as long as we don't quit. Um, And I like to feel like the way that I live and the way that I share encourages people to take the breaks when necessary and just pick back up and keep going whenever you feel like you can, right? As opposed to giving up. But that's my favorite. Like my favorite thing is when people will see me and say, oh my gosh, I wore crop top the other day because because of you. Or when they'll see me, pictures of me, and they'll be like, oh, my body is similar to yours. So I feel like I can wear this too. The fact that I get to help people find the liberation that they need to live a fuller life really is my favorite thing. I think maybe we should start adding to your tagline that you're a professional cheerleader too, or professional yeah. personal cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> However, professional we want to cheerleader. There you go. 
Well, when you look at sewing and the sewing and blogging industry as a whole, it's typically been represented by cis white women and apparel sewing patterns have usually stopped at more mid-range sizes. But I do feel like we're starting to see change happen. I think back on the sewing community just a couple years ago, even when we first talked versus today, and there really has been a shift. If you think about it, even just in the apparel sewing community, there are more black designers than before. And more and more of the indie designers are finally starting to draft to larger sizes and show up for the plus community. I'm not saying it's perfect, but it's a start at least. And so I've got a two-part question for you. Are you happy with the changes you've been seeing in the indie sewing world so far as more and more bodies are being represented? And what do you think the average person can do to help keep pushing this change for more representation and more inclusion? Oh, those are some really great questions. Am I happy with the changes? For the most part, yes. I have I've actually had the honor of being able to to coach some of the some of the indie designers that are out there um in both business as well as size expansion. So I'm excited to see that that they are open to it, right? Because there was definitely a time in which it was like, well, why don't you just lose weight? Like, okay, thank you so much for stating the obvious and possibly what I was already trying to do. But until I lose the weight, why can't I why can't I look cute too? Well, and I think there was a bit of a like defense mechanism that would immediately start with them when you not you specifically, but it would be like, I wish that this pattern was in expanded sizes. And instead of saying, Oh, you know, let me think about that. I'll I'll get back to you on how I can make this work. It was like well, I can't find pattern testers or I can't find this. And it was just right. like they were doubling down on defense. And I feel like that's changed a little bit. I want to be completely honest when I say this. I wouldn't know. <laughs> and I say that because I had to, because honestly, social media has the ability to be the most beautiful place where you can meet someone, be kindest and most gentle and your best friends, i.e. like our relationship, right? But then it also has the ability to be the most toxic place in the world. And honestly, for me, um, like fa- the Facebook uh, sewing community became very toxic for me because of the re- the way that people were receiving requests and either the response to being plus size or being more size inclusive, being more inclusive of just not even just sizes, right? But more inclusive, period. And it's not about, oh, we want you like we want your money, right? But it's about saying, oh, I see that there is a a space for us to grow into, whether it be in being size inclusive, whether it be in being gender inclusive, uh, whatever the inclusivity is, right? There's a difference between being like, oh yes, we're gonna work on it, and being like, no, we want you here, right? And because that wasn't re- that wasn't the re- what we were received as, I just had to take a step back. So even with with whether or not patterns are size inclusive, I look at the size chart and I make the decision that if my size isn't included, I'm just not going to support, right? Uh, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to make mention. I'm not going to attack. I'm not going to do any of those things. I just simply will not support with my money. That's as simple as it gets for me because the back and forth was really toxic and it it put me in a bad mental space. And like as much as we say, oh, but it's only Facebook, it's not only Facebook or it's not only Instagram. Like like these things affect us outside of there. Like I remember there was one day 
I had picked my kids up from school and something was going on in the sewing community. And I was literally sitting on my couch crying as opposed to spending time with my kids after their first day of school, you know, and when something like that happens, it gives you a much needed perspective shift that you that you need to get right. Because if something can take me away from what matters most to me in the world, which is my family, then it doesn't really need need my attention. And so I have to take a step back and take a step away from even seeing whether or not the changes were going to be made. Like I've seen that like Gertie has become size inclusive and she has her token black girl modeling for her. Right. I still won't support her, you know, because of what went down in her group. I think that there's still work that needs to be done as far as going back. In fact, in in African culture, there is something that's called Sankofa, which means that you have to go back to get your lessons before you move forward. And I really think that a lot of these pattern groups do need to go back to where they they mess up and go back and correct their behavior before moving forward and expect them to be welcomed with open arms. What do you think we could do to help push uh, more inclusivity and, and more representation forward? Just as, and I'm coming to you, I guess, from a representative of a pattern company, but I am just a person who exists online and sews and is part of the sewing community and I really do like I want to see change happen and I want to I want to do it in a gentle but very firm way right (laughs) so I think what people fail to kind of see and understand is that the textile art and I'm saying that intentionally because both sewing as well as like knitting crocheting right we're just a microcosm of overall society right and as opposed to being saying things like, oh, well, it should just be about sewing or, oh, it should just be about knitting or, oh, it should just be about crocheting. I think that we all have and every single one of us has some kind of privilege. Right. And I think that it's up to us to utilize our privilege, whatever it is that we have. Right. Because granted, I'm a black woman, so I don't have as much privilege as, say, a white man. But I do still have some because I am heterosexual and I'm cis presenting. Right. So I'm deemed as being quote unquote normal. And I say that very, very um, loosely, right? I'm deemed as being normal as opposed to someone who is a little bit more different, right? So I think that it's up to us to make sure that we are using whatever privilege it is that we have to really push inclusivity wherever we can, right? So for me, even even though I am plus size, when I see patterns, companies that don't have smaller sizes or petite sizes, I also see that as problematic too, because size inclusivity is more than just expanding your sizes to include plus size. Size inclusivity means that people, people can find their size group. Right. It's making everyone feel welcome. Exactly. So whether that is the petite person who might be a size zero because of their genetics or because they work out or because of whatever reason is also included in that sizing as well because they want to sew for themselves too. So I think that whatever privilege that we hold, it's up to us to make sure that we stand up and we look out for fellow humans. Right. Well, speaking of representation and doing it in such a positive way, let's start uh, talking about your role within the design team at No Me Patterns. It you mentioned before that it's under the design group conglomerate, which owns is it Vogue, Butterick, McCall's, Simplicity? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then 
about a million other uh, companies, I think, when I looked at their website. It's a fairly brand new brand yes. uh, filled with designers just like you who've been making a mark in the sewing community and representing the diversity that really exists within this craft. How amazing has this experience been for you? It has been surreal, especially, and it's been surreal for, for quite a few reasons, right? Because when people have said that they love my style, I'm always like, well, what style is that? Or like, what, what, what's, what is my style, right? Because in my head, I create garments that are just really comfortable. Like I want to wear, I want to feel like I'm wearing pajamas at all times, right? Even if I'm wearing something that is not pajamas, like I just want to be cute and comfortable at all times. And like, I don't, I don't really subscribe to a specific aesthetic. So I always thought that that was like really interesting when people be like, I love your style. And I'm like, thanks. I'm not exactly sure what my style is, but I appreciate you seeing me. But then also like to be plus size in a world that has essentially confirmed that if you are like bigger, you're not of the standard of beauty, which means that you don't deserve to have a space in front of people. So to be seen as someone who's stylish and beautiful and who deserves to be have their style seen is like mind blowing, right? Because I would have never thought that would have been me. I thought that being seen as a pattern designer was probably going to be as good as it got. I mean, a pattern tester was going to be as good as it got, right? So to be seen by one of the people who I admire most in the sewing community was really big for me, right? Because Mimi G has been, I've been following her for years, like years. And I remember always just admiring her style. And like, we have a similar body type where she's got big legs and she's smaller up top and she would wear her legs out proudly. And as someone who's always had like an issue with my body, I got a lot of, like, I learned a lot from her before we even had a chance to interact. Like I learned that it's okay to show my legs. I learned that it's okay to to not have the perfect body and that I can still wear these things. I learned so much just from following her that being seen by her was really, really cool, right? Especially because she's a really dope person. Like she's really kind, um, really gentle, uh, really wise. So even being able to, to develop a friendship with her has been really cool. But also being able to see these designs that have been in my head come to light has been awesome, right? Because like, Who's making bustiers for plus size bodies, right? Who's like making these patterns that are showing off like the thighs of the chunky girls, right? Like no one, like you don't get these sexy patterns from the big, well, now the big five, right? Or that are readily available. Like we just haven't gotten that before. So being able to do that with the patterns has been really, really fun and really amazing because, you know, I get to essentially create for myself, of course. But I also get to empower a whole group of people who have been told like, oh, no, you don't need to have like show off your body. Right. I don't know if you've ever read Tim Gunn's like book of style, but he's essentially said that if you are plus size to just hide your body in like black so that you can't see that you're, you know, that you're plus size. And here I am doing the exact opposite and doing it in color and showing my stomach in every pattern that I could possibly get to. Right showing off my like thick thighs that are saving lives. So it's like really cool, but it's also intimidating because I'm like, oh my God, what if everybody hates it? What if they hate me? You know? So it's fun, mostly fun though. 
I am like a proud mama when I walk into Joanne Fabrics. I don't need to know that. I literally like strut up to the uh, catalogs that have your picture on them. And if there is anybody within distance of me, I'm like, this is my friend Veronica. Like, I get so excited. And if they don't share my level of excitement, then like, we just, we don't, we can't be friends, I think. The manager at my local Joanne's is always very hype. And she, I think, treats me like I'm famous by association. So I thank you for my notoriety. <laughs> I bet the uh, other designers, because I think you guys did like a Thanksgiving or something together. The other designers in Nomi Patterns all look just like such amazing, fun, like real people too. Yes. And they all, I mean, like, I really love my co-designers so much. They are incredible people outside of, of course, having like really dope design aesthetics, right? They are just such fun people. Like Julie and I were friends before. Nefertiti and I were friends before. So it was really cool to be able to go through the experience with like, you know, people I know. And then to all be in person together, it was like, just a big love fest, you know? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. And it would be like being starstruck and being part of the crew at the same time. I don't know. I don't know how you got through that. <laughs> I was definitely starstruck. Like, um, Julian and I actually met through a sewing. I forget which one. It's no longer around, but through a sewing challenge. And he helped me with, like, I was following a pattern. And I was like, the pattern instructions, because we were supposed to be following the pattern instructions to a T and giving honest feedback. Now, Katie, you probably already know this, but I don't follow instructions. So this was hard for me anyway. But I was following the instructions and I was like, I'm lost on the pattern. These pants aren't panting. And I was like, Julian, can you help me? Like, is it me or is it or is it in the instructions? And he was like, no, it's definitely in the instructions. And I was like very intimidated to even reach out to him to ask him for his help because I was like, I mean, like, it's Julian. Like it's Julian creates like, why would I reach out to him and like show myself as being like this sewing fool and have him look at me and be like, you fool, why are you even sewing for this challenge? But that's not at all how he was. He was very kind. You know, now he and I are really great friends, but also like Alyssa and I, we just did a, a Valentine's Day challenge where we were able to just like have a party because she's super girly and loves all things Valentine's Day. And even associating with her and being able to just like chat with her allowed my inner girly girl to come out. So like everyone brings like their own um, sauce to the pot. Now, I know that you mentioned earlier that you're going to be starting to pop up with some designs with Made for Mermaids, which I think <laughs> the, the indie pattern community is probably going to just die of excitement to see that you're in this realm of things. But what's the biggest difference working with the more corporate sewing brand of No Me Patterns and then this indie brand of Made for Mermaids? Because, I mean, it's sewing, it's pattern designing, but it's like completely different worlds. So with um, No Me Patterns, we just submit a sketch. Like we think of a, an idea or if we see something that's inspiring that we want to um, use as our base design, we can just send it in. Um, I've actually been working hard on my technical sketches, so I send those in, and then they actually have the professional the professionals draft the patterns for us. They do all of the the test fits and everything like that, all of the grading process, 
and then they send us the patterns. And then from there, we actually have to cut and make the patterns. We do our muslins and everything like that to make sure it fits our bodies. Then we're charged with, of course, um, shooting the covers for each of our patterns and boom. We're also responsible for doing the marketing and everything like that as well. Whereas with Made for Mermaids or with indie patterns, you know, with uh, specifically Made for Mermaids, because I do know that some people outsource their um, their drafting as well. But with Made for Mermaids, like, you know, we go through the drafting, like we come up with the idea, we come up with the um, the drafting process, like we draft the patterns, we grade the patterns, we test the patterns. It is a, I don't want to say harder because it's just different, right? Like with Made for Mermaids, and especially because Megan is amazing, with that, you know, she's given uh, she's given me training wheels and been like, hey, you know, here is your how-to and how to make this happen. And it's very helpful because while I have drafted my own patterns, it's not been digitally. Like I have just been like, oh, let me draw this out on this year fabric and cut it all at the same time. Whereas now this is like, let me open up Illustrator in what do all of these buttons and things like that mean again? And, you know, Illustrator is very much so a thing of if you don't use it, you lose everything that you've learned. So, um, you know, whereas before, probably about three or four years ago, I was pretty proficient in Illustrator. Now I'm just like, huh, what does this mean? So it's different, but it's more flexible being, you know, doing indie designs because there's no red tape, right? Design group is, is a corporation. So there's, you know, approval processes and they have their own processes in place. Whereas like, you know, Made for Mermaids, because I've been a pattern tester with, you know, Panos for Pirates and Made for Mermaids for what, let's see, Aurora is eight. And I started testing when she was like a year and a half. So, you know, this process I know and I have down. So, you know, it's, it's different, but they're, they're both very fun. Yeah, I have, so I've put out a couple of patterns through Patterns for Pirates, and then I have some on my own website, and I experience a lot of imposter syndrome, I think, when I go to do it. It's like, I'm so confident, and I'm really actually a pretty good illustrator, and then when I go to put it into that testing phase, I'm like, oh my god, everyone's going to hate this, it's not going to fit anybody, I'm going to crash and burn. That is so wild, because your last pattern... People were so excited. I remember uh, Florence being like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to test this pattern of Katie's. And I was like, I really want to make that one too. But I remember, I forgot what I had. I think I was traveling when you were testing. And I was like, I, it sucks that whenever Katie does her, uh, her pattern test, I'm always either out of town or like I've got, like we have to do our own so longs for each of our patterns. Or I'm like recording this so long where I'm battling imposter syndrome at the same time, right? Um, but yeah, in fact, your pattern, your maple skirt pattern was Aurora's first pattern that she sewed. Oh, and she wore it. Was that the one that she wore to like her first or not first day of school, but she made it for a uniform piece, wasn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, Aurora is my girl. So, (laughs) well, you're a never ending machine of ideas and inspiration. And I just need to know what you've got planned as your next big thing so I can get ready to cheer for you on the sideline. Even if it's not big, what, what's your next move that you're hoping to make soon? So I have been interviewed on so many podcasts and people keep telling me that I need to do my own. And I actually have 
bought the URL and have started getting it set up as far as my own podcast. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited about that. It's talking about, of course, like creative business, you know, so there will be a little bit of creativity, a little bit of business. Um, I also have have switched out my model for coaching. So whereas before I was going through a standard six week coaching uh, cohort, now we're doing different types of coaching. So we have different co- group coaching sessions that people can sign up or that will get listed. I also have another projector sewing class that will be coming up the f- second weekend of March, which my first last year, I did the first two classes and they were wildly successful. They help people. I love projector sewing, not only because it's a lot easier to me, but also because it saves so much paper. Like, and I sh- I'm sure you feel me when I say this, Katie, but like the testing process, I would go through like reams of paper. I had like ink on auto ship because I was always running out. So um, knowing that I'm able to help others add a little bit of sustainability to this this super fun hobby of ours, you know, it really makes me feel good about my contribution to um, the sewing world. So I have those classes that are coming up as well. Very, very excited. Well, I know you just mentioned projector sewing. I... Uh what was it? I was on Joanne's website or something the other day. And one of the big pattern companies is going to start putting out a projector with their patterns attached to it or something like that. Like, so the, the corporate version of sewing apparently is finally catching up with the indie version of sewing and going into the projector world as well. It's, it's kind of interesting. Usually it's the other way around. <laughs> We're playing catch up. They're doing it this time. Yeah. I'm not the I don't want to say that I'm not the biggest fan, but I'm I'm really not, right? Because one of the things that they said was, this is the biggest change to sewing in 160 years, but this is something that indie sewists have been doing for years. Right. Like I've been sewing with a, a projector for three years and I wasn't the one who started it, you know? And I, I don't really like the way that it kind of, um, it doesn't really give credit to the people who some of the, the, trailblazers in our community well you know that i love to spread the love so it's shout out time who is your favorite creative person to follow on social media is there anything that makes them extra special or has them stand out to you the most and you can go ahead and skip me i know it's already going to be me so you can talk about somebody else yeah, no, i'm I was just kidding <laughs> outside of you uh, honestly one of the people who has like recently been uh standing out to me her name is carmen green she actually started the black sewing network so one of the and you mentioned imposter syndrome as well but one of my big big issues of course in coming out with with patterns has been like will people like them will people support me will i be able to show corporate the corporation that plus sizes matter and that they should be printing more of them carmen has been truly inspirational in her support and it's not even like she wants to support reciprocated, right? She just wants to come out and support and to show love. And that has been so inspiring for me because I'm someone who struggles a lot with, especially in this new area of being a designer, right? It's very hard for me to um, to comfortably promote myself and to comfortably push these these patterns, even though they are my babies and I love them and I'm so excited about them. But she has just shown so much love and so much support and been a really great sounding board whenever it came time for me to be talking about how to promote things or whether or not this is a good idea. 
on top of the fact that she's an incredible sewist. Like she turned my first, my fall patterns into this amazing dress out of like sequins. And I didn't even know it was my pattern. And so she tagged me in it and was like, yeah, this is a, you know, Veronica B. Cole's pattern, you know, go out and get it. And she supports in such a, a loving way. Right. And she shines a beautiful light on the sewing community that I really feel like, um, that needs to consistently be brought up and supported, right? Because she just does it for the sake of love. Like she just wants to shine light and be positive in the community. And I appreciate that, especially in an area that has been, you know, that has has a lot of toxicity in it as well. So her socials are Cag the Mag on um, TikTok and Cag Reinvented on um Instagram and she's she's an amazing sewist so uh whenever I see her out here producing and making garments it's very exciting because it's like oh man what is she gonna work on next let me let me work on something too so well we'll make sure to link her in the blog post for this episode so everyone could go find her and be inspired as well Thank you so much for helping me kick off the comeback tour for my show, Ironica. Obviously, you know, I love and adore you. And I'm so happy that you were part of this journey. I couldn't think of anyone else that I'd want to restart this with. So thank you for being here. (laughs) And for everyone listening, thank you for joining us for today's episode of I Can Make That Conversations with Creatives. And now, Aronica, I'm going to give you the floor. Please take us out by telling us how to find you online so we can support you, your family, your businesses, and your sewing adventures. Okay. Okay. So I am Aronica B. Cole on pretty much every social media network. So Instagram, I can be Aronica B. Cole. TikTok, YouTube, I'm Aronica B. Cole and Co., And I've really been working to build my YouTube channel. So definitely follow me there. Pinterest, I'm Erotica B. Cole. um, But you can also follow Needle and The Bell as well, especially for uh, sewing and inspiration. If you're interested in connecting business-wise, I can be found at eroticacole.me or you can follow me on Instagram at AC Media House. Oh, and then of course, you also said your family businesses. So um, HarmonyTraceApothecary.com is our family store. Again, and um, all of our socials for that is also Harmony Trace Apothecary. All right. And we'll make sure to link all of those so everyone can find you. Thanks again. Thanks so much, Katie. I'm so excited for the reboot. Woo-woo. Thank you for tuning in to I Can Make That Conversations with Creatives. Transcripts from this episode, along with links and more information about today's guests can be found at www.wildandwonderful.com. See you next time.